And the doctor's office called and the nurse said, hey, can you can you come in this afternoon? And I looked at my mom and I immediately knew that it was bad news, like immediately. And I said, yeah, I'm putting my mom on an airplane and then I'll I'll be in. And I called Matt and he left work and he met me at the doctor's office. And so we went in and turns out at the so they take like a chunk and at the far end of the chunk there was a tumor this is the farm hop life podcast episode five i'm matt i'm katie happy st patrick's day that's why we're both wearing green is it tomorrow oh okay yeah tomorrow Yeah. yeah we planned that this being wednesday we're recording this Come out tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day, whatever. Totally planned. Um, so we have an announcement to make that I've already said in multiple places, but in case you didn't hear it, we're pregnant. So, um, before you ask, we're not finding out for for a number of reasons, but um, let's before we before we really get into like happening now we'd like to take take you through time to 2016 like let's, how did we get here back in time we're gonna time travel tonight yes yeah. it's it's quite a story and um i like telling the story because it makes people feel good about about the story so i forget to tell the story a lot and then i get reminded about it and i'm like oh yeah, I guess that was kind of a big deal. So, let's explain. So oh, back in okay. uh, 2016, okay. yeah, 2016, we moved to Montana after having been dating for, what, seven months? Eight months, yep. Yeah. Um, and obviously when you move to a new state, you have to get new health insurance and, you know, be an adult and go to the doctor. Well, not if you're Matt. But if you're me, you get a new doctor. And so I went in for a physical to get established with a new doctor. And about, what, a month after that? Probably. Yeah. We got a phone call that I had some abnormal results on a pap. And um, I had never had that before. I was kind of like caught off guard by it. Like, what does that mean? And so they said, well, we're going to do another test and come back in and blah, blah, blah. And you're going to get referred to this OB. Um, and I had never had an OB before. And so I went and I met this doctor and he did a, a small little biopsy in his office. And it came back as still abnormal. And so he said, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to have to plan to take a bigger chunk out. And it's going to be like a, an inpatient surgery. You're going to need a couple days off of work. Like, it's called a cone biopsy. Um, and so my mom actually flew out to hang out and make sure that, you know, I could get in and out of bed and Matt could go to work because he, he was the only one making any money at that moment in time. So I think about a month went by and we had the cone biopsy. And they said, okay, well, we'll call you in a couple days with the results. And... They had basically told us, you know, with with the with the presence of abnormal cells, 
normally abnormal cells will progress into cancer. And so they said, you're going to want to think about if you're going to have kids and doing that soon and that type of stuff. And so then here we are almost a year into dating, having serious conversations about, are we going to have kids? Are we going to have kids soon? Are we getting married? Like all of these things. And yet, like, obviously we live together. We moved a couple thousand miles away from family. Like we've talked about if we were going to get married, but I don't think either one of us planned on it being a year into dating. Um, But so between the first little, little biopsy and then the, the surgery, we had gone to a national park up in Canada for our one year anniversary. And with all of this, you know, all these questions in our heads rolling around, debating if we were going to start trying to have a kid, debating if we were going to get married, like kind of stressing out about it. Somebody here went and bought a ring and proposed. Totally caught me off guard. Um, Hold on. It was an (laughs) Etsy ring. So like, because I'm cheap. But it's beautiful. And then a local jeweler broke it, so we had to get it redone anyways, so. Okay, but we still have the stone, and that was the cool part. That was the cool part. He got me a blue moissanite, and we had agreed, let's not waste our money on a diamond. Um, And I had mentioned that I liked kind of different rings, but anyways, we're getting off track. Um, That's probably my fault. Anyways. Part of the um, story. I wanted to, I proposed, so like... It was, we had something to talk about. Well, whoa, okay, that sounded bad. (laughs) It wasn't just, like, all doom and gloom cancer. Like, there's gonna be a future. Like, we're gonna have a future together. Like, there's going to be, like, this will pass. Like, what happens after this? And so, we... um, planned our wedding in like six months and got married in February. Yeah. A few things happened during that time though. Okay. Well, yes, but like <laughs> I'm saying, okay, so that part's, we got married in February, 2017. Yeah. But back in September of 2016. So we got engaged like two weeks later, my mom flew out. I had my surgery to take out a bigger chunk of cells so that hopefully we were given some time to have a kid or two before those cells potentially turned into cancer. And uh, I remember sitting at the airport with my mom because I worked at the airport. So I was sitting at the gate with her because, you know, when you work there, you get fancy privileges. And the doctor's office called and the nurse said, hey, can you can you come in this afternoon? And I looked at my mom and I immediately knew that it was bad news. Like, immediately. And I said, yeah, I'm putting my mom on an airplane and then I'll I'll be in. And I called Matt and he left work. And he met me at the doctor's office. And so we went in and turns out at the... So they take like a chunk. And at the far end of the chunk, there was a tumor. So... It was the middle of September, and we had just gotten engaged, and then we found out that I had cancer. 
So I had endocervical adenocarcinoma type 1B. So, it, you know, like anything with a 1 in front of it is still pretty good. Um, and then the worst, I'd say obviously the worst part of the whole thing for me was we then got told we had to wait six weeks for me to heal from that surgery before I was allowed to have a PET scan to find out if it had spread at all. Um, so you wait six weeks just going through all these like worst case scenarios in your head. Like, has it spread to my lymph nodes? You know, like, is the tumor bigger than they think it is? Am I going to have to do chemo? Like, all of these things just just kind of going on. Anybody that has had like a hospital thingy or a bad diagnosis knows like it's a lot of unknowns and a lot of waiting. Like you're waiting weeks, maybe months for answers and things. And so like your mind can just like spiral out of control, you know, which I did like daily and he talked me down. So, and then, you know, it was during that time we also started planning our wedding, like Matt was saying. So I was, you know, (laughs) having meltdowns and panicking about my health and at the same time picking out flowers. So it was a nice little different, different way to change up my mindset. Um, so then we had the PET scan done at the end of October and I got told, you know, the results of the PET scan are going to tell us whether you go in for chemo on Monday or whether we go in for surgery on Monday. And, um, my OB thankfully somehow knew this amazing oncologist that was in Billings, which is six, five, six hours away from where we live. Mm -hmm. Um, and he has a clinic in Missoula, which is right where we needed him to be. And it turned out that the tumor had not spread and the PET scan showed just one tumor. And so I had... A procedure called a radical trachelectomy, which was done robotically with the Da Vinci machine. So I don't have, or I didn't have at that point, a big giant scar across my stomach. Um, I just had like these little points where they put in a little robotic arm to do their magic. We called them your buttons. (laughs) So I have five little, like a half moon on my abdomen. Um, But the surgery that he did is something that was not, is still not widely done. Um, The normal treatment when you find out you have cervical cancer is to do a total hysterectomy. And for someone who's younger, like a lot younger, I was what, 28 at the time? Yep. Yeah. So for somebody who's a lot younger, there's a new procedure that doctors are doing called the radical trachelectomy. And what they do is... Sorry, this is going to get a little graphic. They take out the cervix almost completely. Um, They remove a bunch of tissue that goes around that. And then they remove the top section of your vaginal canal. And then they just pull it all together. And they sew it together with a trans-abdominal cerclage. So I basically have a giant stitch that holds everything together where the cervix is supposed to be. Um, and then they leave some stuff in there to, to leave an opening so that you can still get pregnant naturally. Um, 
a lot, a lot of women um, that end up having this procedure, they have problems with the stint that was put in to keep that opening, um, like, secure. And they end up needing to have IUI or IVF treatment. And it ends up being a really long struggle for them. Um, by some miracle, after two years of clean scans and a clean MRI, um, we were given the okay by my oncologist to try to get pregnant. And it took 11 months, but we got pregnant. And it was like a phone call where, like, hey, you're gonna need to, um, <laughs> you're gonna need to like ejaculate into a cup so we can, <laughs> yeah, so we can see if it's you. And like two days later, I think after making that appointment, uh, we found out we were pregnant. It, it was really fast. So we didn't have like, to go find out Never if mind. that was the reason we weren't pregnant. <laughs> it was so, it was really nice to be able to cancel that appointment. So, um, so we found out in October of 2019 that we were pregnant, and I had a very easy I would say pregnancy I had a lot of doctor's appointments I saw the high risk uh, maternal fetal doctor in my town and I also saw my regular OB and I had ultrasounds every two weeks and lots and lots of extra monitoring and attention um, mainly because you don't see pregnant ladies with with my condition or with my surgery that I've had like especially the, for our area the high-risk doctor that we saw, which is the only high-risk clinic in the city, um, he said he's maybe seen, like, five or six in his whole career. Um, so, and the doctor that I currently have, who's at that clinic, he hasn't, he has no other patients that have had a trachelectomy. He has not delivered anybody that's had a trachelectomy. Kitty gets like the red carpet treatment every time she's like in there because she's such like a unique case and doctors are weird like that. So nobody understands. Like when you say the word trachelectomy, everybody looks at your neck like like you just said tracheotomy. I'm like I don't have a big I don't have a big scar on my neck. Like that's not what I said, and obviously that'd be a weird thing to say at an OB's office. <laughs> but um, good on you for um, asking. What the heck is a trachelectomy? Um, but yeah, so I had a pretty easy pregnancy. We had a scheduled C-section at 36 weeks. Um, mainly because, well not mainly, because um, I cannot go into labor. I cannot have contractions like like a normal person who's pregnant. Um, the, the force of the contraction could cause the tissue around my cerclage, my stitch... To rip. Um, and if that starts ripping, we have a really big problem. We need to get to a hospital immediately. So um, I'm on restrictions like no traveling and try not to be an hour, more than an hour away from the hospital, which we live 45 minutes from the hospital. So thankfully we didn't have to move. Um, but yeah, so we had Milo, our son, in May of 2020. So on top of a super complicated high-risk pregnancy, we got to deal with COVID. So that was cool. Um, I always I always say that you 
you got like the least like satisfying preg like birth of all time because we get to the i almost at the airport we get, <laughs> we're always like at the airport um we're at the hospital early like five six o'clock five a.m and check-in. um yeah and so, like, they got to test her for COVID, and so they shove a swab up her nose, like, right when we get there. And I'm like, am I getting one? They're like, well, nope. if she had it, you'd have it. And I was like, you could have tested. Like, I would have yeah, done it. Yeah, why can't we get the other way around? Yeah, why like, she's already whatever. So, hospitals. <laughs> and so, um, and so, like, she's she's getting prepped. Um, I'm waiting outside. Um and so, like, okay, you're allowed to come in. Like, we're just about ready. And so, like, I, I'm there. I'm holding her hand. There's, like, this blue curtain. So Katie can't see anything. I'm, like, peeking over. I'm, like, oh, wow. There's... Matt's taking pictures I'm so taking... that I can see what's happening. Yeah. And so uh, they're, like, all right, it's just about to come out. So, like, I pull, put my phone, like, over the curtain really quick and got, like, a picture or two. And so, like, um, baby, like, baby came out. Um, he Katie, was crying. Katie can't like, see him. She can like, just hear him. You know, delivering a month early, you're like, oh man, is he going to be okay? And he came out and he was screaming and I was like, that's perfect. Like, that's what we wanted. And then like four minutes later, him and Matt were gone. Yeah. We had to um, bring him to the NICU right away because he was having like um, like breathing problems or whatever. And then so you didn't get to see him for like a couple hours. It was like six hours later because so um, I had a spinal block. So basically from like the middle of your arm down you're completely numb like you can't feel anything and um after like six hours milo had been intubated and matt was coming back and forth between the NICU and me and seeing how i was doing and showing me pictures and videos of milo and i mean it was like a 30 foot walk between the two so but finally they actually they wheeled my bed in there so that i could see my son for the first time um that was hard that was really hard not being able to like get out of bed and and even hold him or touch him or anything like that was difficult so but he was a trooper we were in the NICU for 10 days um slowly weaning him off of oxygen and making sure that he was eating and after 10 days we got to come home and he has been above all the percentiles ever since. Even though being a month early, um, he kicks ass. Yep. He's huge. Like, He's like um, a tank. He is a little tank. He's got a hard head like me, which is very handy. Yep. And his feet are like little hams, is what we say. He's so. almost two, and he's wearing like a size, like a toddler size eight shoe, which is just crazy. So, but yeah, so he's doing really well. Um, we're hoping that this baby will also be doing really well when they come, which will also be at 36 weeks. Um, I tried, I attempted to talk to my doctors about waiting like an extra five or six days just to let the baby's lungs develop a little bit more and not be so early. And um, neither one of my doctors were big fans of that idea. So any increase in risk and they like freak out. Yeah. So something, Which is understandable. something that could be good. Well, not could be good. Something that would be good for the baby to stay in longer 
could be detrimental or life-threatening for me. So you got to kind of weigh your pros and cons. Like, yeah, the NICU is not great, but we had a very short stay compared to most people that I know personally. Um, And so a couple days in the NICU to make sure that I don't bleed out on the drive to the hospital sounds pretty fair. So that's our plan. Um, This pregnancy has not been going as smoothly as Milo's. Um, I have been more, like, it started out I was more sick than I had ever been. Like, I had a little bit of nausea with Milo, but not, like... And a cough. Yeah. I had a Persistent cough, cough, yeah. But it wasn't COVID. Um, but this time around, like, I was sick until, like, 14 weeks, and then that finally stopped, and I started getting migraines. And the migraines finally stopped, and then I got a UTI. <laughs> I ended the antibiotics for the UTI, and then I had COVID. And... And we got over COVID and I somehow strained all of my pelvic floor muscles. So, um, simple things like moving your foot from the gas pedal to the brake in your car or getting up and down off the floor with your almost two year old. Um, they're pretty painful. Rolling over in bed wakes me up at night because it hurts so bad. Um, so we finally, well, yeah, we finally like came to terms that that was just going to be something that was going to be sore for the next four months. And then I started getting carpal tunnel, which is something I had with Milo as well. And so that was keeping me up at night. So now I'm one of those real sexy 30 year old moms that has giant wrist braces on when she goes to bed. It's kind of, kind of great. So, but I mean, other than that, it's been great. (laughs) So, um, But yeah, we have a few other things going on, a lot more appointments with this baby, a lot more appointments for me. So just trying to remember, like, when you think about all the things we had to go through to get to this point and that we currently have a healthy baby that's 22 weeks that like we're at three months right now until this baby comes Mm -hmm. and Like, when you are going through all of these things that are making it complicated and making it not fun, you have to stop and remember all the things we went through to get to this point and that it really is crazy that not only do we have one healthy kid, but we have another one on the way. Um, So, like, my oncologist came to see us when we were in the hospital, even though he does not work at that hospital. Um, And he's just like, you know, so amazed that I had such a straightforward pregnancy and, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing him again this time around. So, but this this is definitely going to be our last kid. Yeah. Because of all of my scar tissue from all of my surgeries and it gets riskier yeah it gets riskier to have another pregnancy and with the risk of cancer potentially coming back um i will be having a total hysterectomy at the end of the year um so i don't i mean i'll still have to see a doctor 
but I won't have like the mandatory oncology checks every six months, a mandatory MRI every year, like kind of be able to shut that door and move on with our lives. And so what better plan than to uproot everything and hit the road with a three-year-old and a one-year-old? Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. So we're not finding out the, the gender because this will be our last child and um, we just want it to be a surprise. We're never going to get the opportunity again. So we'll just, we'll just wait. We, we both suck at being patient, but this has actually Very been much. fun, actually. Has it? I think so. I think it's been fun um, not knowing. Like, do you think it's a boy? Do you think it's a girl? I think it's a boy. It's hard to go to all of my appointments because I see a doctor like every 10 days. It's hard to r- remind everybody. Like, I have to remember to say it the first thing when I walk in. Like, hey, please don't tell me what it is. I feel like I need a sticker on my forehead that was like, I don't want to know the gender because... Everybody, everybody almost slips up. Yep. So. We had an anatomy scan uh, on Wednesday and several times. I, I, I went to that one. Um, baby moves around a lot, which is cool. Um, and they're like, you know, several times throughout the throughout the scan. They're like, okay, turn, turn away. Don't look. Yep. I got to go get a picture of a leg. We don't want you to see anything. So. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. But, it's cool because this time around, Matt's able to come to whatever appointments he wants to. Whereas last time, I think you came to the 12-week appointment, and then the, that might have been it. I, I thought I went to the anatomy scandal. Maybe. Maybe. But he yeah. wasn't allowed to come to a lot of my appointments last time around. So this time it's been kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Still have to wear a mask. Still have to be weird. But you can at least be there. Yep. So. There's that. So, so yeah, that's that's why we're um, we're waiting till 2023 to to hit the road. Otherwise, this would, I mean, this year would be a good time to go. Um, if I didn't have, you know, all of my doctors here, so whatever. <laughs> it it gives us more time to to plan and curate and yeah prepare so not feel like we're just diving off a cliff i do like that i know (laughs) build your airplane on the way down i don't think that works but we'll see it's okay so anyways um kitty doesn't talk about this a whole lot but if you have questions um like oh weird like how does this work um I'm an open book. Totally ask. For this thing. Well, yeah. She's, she's now an true. expert. That's true. She's now There's... an expert in this. She she teaches uh, nurses about this weekly almost. So. It is a lot. There it's are a lot. a lot of people, even in the medical field, who are like, what are you talking about? So um, if you are somebody that has had a trachelectomy and you live nearby, like... Say hey, because there's not a lot of us. Or join the group on Facebook that you're in. Yeah, with everybody from Europe, because nobody in the United States gets a surgery. Pretty much. So. So yeah, uh, leave a comment. Send us an email. Uh, it's new, Matt at farmhoplife.com. We still get the Gmail one, but. 
fancy. I'd, I'd rather not have it go to spam, so it's matt at <laughs> farmhoplife.com. Do you want your own? No, I'm good. Okay. We'll just do endocervical adenocarcinoma at We agree. I grow the people. Oh, that's you true. You do the web stuff. Okay, that's okay. fine. Good. All it's right. that way. So, thanks for watching. Oh, next time we're going to talk about what about the kids. What does that mean? You'll find out. <laughs> that's so vague. I know. All right. We're vague people. Sure. See you next time. Bye.